Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I think we have CIA. I'm not sure we do, but we do. So if you have any kitties in here, you can go to CIA and be blessed. The rest of you, go ahead, take your seat. Hallelujah. On the way down, or now that you're already down, can you just lift your hands one more time and thank the Lord for His goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. If you weren't here this morning, I certainly encourage you to get the CD or go online and listen to it. I wasn't in the 9 a.m. service, but the 11 a.m. was awesome. God, God is awesome. So it is just good. He's, he's taken us from glory to glory to glory to glory. <laughs> And I've just come back from Oklahoma, and that's one of the places that I go to get filled up. I was at a meeting at Kindle the Flame, at Lynette Hagen's meeting. It was really, really rich. And then on Wednesday night, I got to preach at uh, my hometown, Pawnee, Oklahoma, at my brother's church. So I had a good, good time. I have a question for you tonight. We're going some places, but we're going to start out right here at this point. We're going to end up in a different place, so hang, up, hang with me for a bit, little bit here. But how many of you want maximum power flowing into you from the throne of God, from the river of life? How many of you want maximum power flowing out of you? Yes and amen. Well, almost everybody raised their hand. And that's good, because that's why we've come tonight, to hear the Word of God, how we're going to get to that place. So I want to ask you another question. Do you think that the condition of our heart makes a difference on how much power flows out of us? Do you think it matters if we've got strife and bitterness and resentment and doubt and all this junk on the inside of us? Do you think that could affect the outflow of God's anointing from us. Do you think it would affect the power behind our prayers? We're still talking about prayer fuels the vision. And we're going to talk about prayer a little bit more tonight. We may pray at the end. But when we pray, we want there to be tremendous power made Available, So we want to make sure that we're drinking in of the right things, that we're feasting on the manna from heaven, that we're staying full of the Spirit and nothing else so that fullness of God's power will flow out of us. Well, I saw a scripture today in a little bit different light concerning this over in Proverbs chapter 4, 23. Now, I'm going to talk just a little bit about issues first, so don't think that this is a super loose translation of this scripture, but it says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Now, we know that that's not talking about people's issues there, but we we're just, just work with me just a little bit, okay? Can the church say amen? Just a little bit here. That this word, issue, in the society that we live in today, it's like a buzzword. Everybody seems to have issues. You know, people are walking around, you hear them, girl, you got issues. 
If you were here when Brother Keith Moore was here, I thought it was so awesome. He was talking about, you know, not one time in the Bible does it say that people have issues. And if you got issues, you need to come and repent. He said the Bible word for issues, it's not politically correct, but it's sin. And that sin will trip us up. And that what's not sin is not something that you work on. People can say, well, I have an issue. I have an issue with having affairs with other women, but I'm working on it. So what does that mean? You went from three to one. You know, no. It's sin. What do you do with sin? You repent. And repent means you turn around. You turn away from it. Amen? The Bible didn't call it issues. He called it sin. Because sin produces death. And this scripture says that we're to keep our heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of what? Life. Do you want life flowing out of your life? Do you want to be a carrier of God's power, of God's goodness, of God's love, of God's mercy, of God's zoe, the God kind of life? Then we have to watch what is in our heart. We have to be on guard. As a matter of fact, look at the next verse, verse 24. You might like it a little, I mean, yeah, verse 24, is that right? Oh, no. Actually, verse 23. We'll look at it in the Amplified. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flows the springs of Life. So this takes it a little bit further. It doesn't say issues. It says springs, which to me indicates water. And it indicates rivers. Jesus said it a little bit differently, but it's the same meaning over in John chapter 7. We'll begin at verse 37 of John 7. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried out saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Mark Hankins always says Jesus didn't say come to me and think. Jesus isn't a mind. He's a spirit. And he said if you're thirsty, come to me and with your heart drink in of me. Don't you find it interesting that he, it says here, Jesus stood up and he cried out loudly. He wanted to get their attention. He stood up because he wanted them to know that the son of the living God is here. He wanted them to know You don't have to be thirsty anymore. The one that will satisfy the longing of your soul. The one that will make you not be thirsty anymore spiritually. He is here. He stood up and he cried out. I believe that that's what he wants us to do as the church. It's time for us to stand up and to cry out. And to say, I know y'all are thirsty. I can tell by the way you're living. I can tell by the way you're talking, the way you're acting. I know you are thirsty. And not in a condemning way, but the church can stand up 
and cry out full of the love of God and say, you're thirsty. I've got the answer. You're hungry. I know where you can be satisfied. Come to Jesus and drink in of eternal life. Come in to Jesus and be made whiter than snow. Come in to Jesus and become a brand new creation. I think it's symbolic there for the church that he stood up. We need to stand up. The church isn't supposed to be sitting down. So certainly not laying down and playing dead. We're not dead because he's not dead. Jesus is alive. He is the living water. How many of you have tasted? How many of you have drank in of the living water? God's not dead. Jesus isn't dead. He's alive. So he wants his church to be alive and to cry out in this day and in this hour. And he doesn't want us. We have to drink in before anything can flow out of us. Did you know that people can tell when you've been drinking? And I'm not talking about in the natural. I had kind of a challenging time getting home last night. And unfortunately, the guy that I was sitting next to, he was drinking. And I could tell that he had been drinking. And he was annoying. You can tell when people have been drinking of the wrong stuff. But that's not what we need to be known for. People need to be able to tell that we've come to the fountain of living water and we've been drinking in. Hallelujah. And we didn't just get a little trickle or a little dab. We've been drinking in freely of the river of God. People should be able to tell that something is different about us. And you know, when people are thirsty, they don't go to a dead, dry church. That's why so many churches are empty. Because people went there thirsty. And they went home thirstier than they went there. They know where to go when they get real thirsty. And we ought to be, the, we ought to be God's water boys. We ought to be carrying the water. And they ought to know they can come and drink in freely. You know, it's funny. When I go uh, back to Pawnee, you know, I was raised there and graduated high school there in 1972. And a lot of the folks that I went to high school with stayed around the area. So used to when I would go home, people would come up to me and say, Do you remember me? I went to high school with you. And a lot of times I'd look at them and think, yeah, but boy, you really do look old. <laughs> but now things have changed. So now when I go back, a few years ago, especially in Ricky's church, he's got some of the kids of the ki- people I went to high school with in his church. So people would come up to me and they'd say, you remember my mama? You went to high school with her. You remember my dad? You went to high school with him. And so, you know, it's changed a little bit. I'm thinking, really? You look kind of old, too. So, <laughs> but I went to school with your mother? Wow. And anyhow, so this last Wednesday night, 
was preaching at my brother's church, this lady approached me. I had prayed for her to receive, I don't know, receive Jesus. I would prayed for her. She had some needs in her life and all of this stuff. But afterwards, she came up to me. And she started in with the line, Do you remember my mother? And I'm thinking, there is no way I went to school with your mother. Because she looks like she's in her 50s, and I'm serious. So I'm thinking. But I didn't go to school with her mother. She said, do you remember? And she told me the name. I worked with her mother at Head Start. And so I said, oh, yeah. Her mother was a Native American lady, and they hired me at Head Start there, and I worked out on the tribal grounds. And her mom was the teacher in the classroom that I worked in. And I had forgotten all about this. But when I worked there, you know, this is, my point is when you are carrying the water of life, people yeah. will notice. Yeah. So I remember that her mother had uh, always asked me about my relationship with Jesus. And she'd ask me what I believe and stuff. And so one time her mom said to me, I know I said to her, you know what? I'd like for you to come to church with me. And she was really into the Indian tribal thing and whatever, their ceremonies. And uh, she said, I'll go to church with you if you'll go to the round top, I think it is, with me, which is an Indian ceremonial deal. And I went to that several times. I, now that I look back on it, they, they seemed real happy. They were probably smoking stuff and everything else. But <laughs> it was their ceremony. But a deal is a deal, right? So I went to the round top, it's called, on the tribal grounds. This little blonde young girl went out there with all of these people smoking stuff. Well, anyhow, this lady's name was Virginia. So she kept her word. She went to church with me a couple of times. But she let me, as often as I wanted to, pick up her kids and take them to church. And this girl was one of her kids. And she said to me, I remember you taking me to church. She had come into my brother's store that day. My youngest brother owns the store there in the area. And he told her I was going to be preaching at church. She said, really? I love her. She used to take me to church when I was a kid. Is that amazing? So she'd had all this trouble and all this difficulty in her life, but she knew where to come. Because her life was thirsty. And I got to pray with her on Wednesday night. And I'm telling you, she is getting so happy and she's getting so blessed. And it just reminded me today, I just thought about that today, that people know where to go when they're thirsty. And if you've ever given somebody a drink of the water of life, even a little kid, they don't forget it. They don't forget it. They know where the water is. So it's important for us to drink in so we can give out. Verse 38 of that same chapter, John 7. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. We can't take in a trickle and expect a river to flow out. In the Amplified, it says, He who believes in me, who clings to and trusts in and relies on me, as the Scripture has said, 
from his innermost being shall flow continuous springs of living water. When we pray, when we drink in, we get filled up. And then we begin to pray in the Spirit. That's what happens when we are praying. Rivers of living water are flowing out of us. Particularly when you pray in tongues, that life-giving power, it's carried to dry places. It flows to hard hearts. And it changes situations. It goes where it is needed. You know, there's times if you need healing even in your own physical body or you're sensing just kind of dry in your own life, did you know that you can lay hands on yourself? Say, okay, let the river flow. I know you're in there, way down in there somewhere, but let the river flow. I need to be refreshed. You can have a ha-ha-ha drinking in time all by yourself. But it's not just intended for me, myself, and I. Rivers are supposed to flow out of us to dry places and to bring life and to bring healing. I like over in Ezekiel chapter 47, in the first part of the chapter, we won't go into all of that, but it's the exhortation to get in the river, not just ankle deep, loin deep, jump in the river. But then down in verse 9 of Ezekiel 47 in the Amplified, it says, And wherever the double river, ooh, that's good, double river, is double doable? Hallelujah! Wherever the double river shall go, Every living creature which swarms shall live. And there shall be a very great number of fish because these waters go there that the waters of the sea may be healed and made fresh. Now say this last part with me. And everything shall live wherever the river goes. Say it again. And everything shall live wherever the river shall go. When we pray, there's different kinds of rivers that flow out of us. There's a river that flows to the lost, and it causes a mighty harvest. I like how it says there'll be a great number of fish. Fish like the water. Fish have to have water to live. And this is actually, it's a double meaning. It's not just talking about natural fish. It's talking about men and women. Didn't Jesus say, I will make you fishers of men. Wherever the river in you goes, it shall cause fish to come into the kingdom of God. There'll be many, many fish. There'll be a mighty harvest in the Bay Area because we're letting the river flow. We're letting that river that produces prayer for the lost flow out there to lost, hurting, sighing, dying humanity. 
the fish are coming in. Because the fish need rivers. The fish need water to live. Hallelujah. All sorts of rivers. When we pray, there is a river that produces healing. He said, wherever this sea goes, there will be healing. Healing. Lord, let the healing river flow. People need to know that Jesus loves them. He wants them set free from sickness and disease. That's part of when we are praying, when we get filled up, drink in. And then when we pray in the Holy Ghost, Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers. It's not just one river. There's all sorts of rivers that the Holy Spirit will use us in to pray for, to pray for the lost, to pray for the sick, to pray for signs, wonders, and miracles, to pray for the glory of God. For the Word says, as truly as I live, the whole earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Let the rivers flow. Flow through us. And everywhere that the rivers go, there shall be life. Everything shall live wherever the rivers go. There's no heart too hard. There's no place too dry that this river won't make a difference. That this river won't change things. I love this scripture. I love the word, but I've been doing a lot of studying on the rivers of God. And I was so blessed because Patsy Caminetti Friday night talked a lot about the river of God. I talked with her afterwards and she said God just got her centering in on let the rivers flow. And I was like, glory to God. I'm getting in that flow. Hallelujah. Let the rivers flow. This scripture over in Isaiah chapter 43 verse 19 don't turn me down. I'll be quick screaming. Move him to the back. <laughs> Isaiah 14, 19 in the Amplified. When I preach, he likes to turn me down and turn off the air. He likes me to get soft and hot. Anyhow, Isaiah 43, 19 in the Amplified. <clears throat> Behold, I will do a new thing. Stay in the Spirit. Stay in the Spirit. Let the church say amen. Okay. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it? And will you not give heed to it? How many of you would agree it's time for a new thing? It's time for God to show himself strong in the earth. Now look at the rest of this. I will even make a way in the wilderness. And say it with me. Rivers. Say it again. Rivers in the desert. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory to God. Rivers that will make a way 
in the wilderness. Rivers that will cause places like San Francisco that people have said they're dry there. You can't have a revival there. Nobody's hungry for God there. I beg to differ. He said if we'll pray, he will make rivers in the desert. What does that mean when water shows up? In the desert, that means that there's flowers, there's flowage, there's fruit. Hallelujah! It's time for the desert to bloom and to blossom. Glory to God. Rivers in the desert. I'll make a way. I'll make a road in the wilderness. You and I are God's road construction crew with heavy equipment that's right we got heavy backing we got holy ghost power over in isaiah chapter 40 it says that we're like to be a voice of him crying in the wilderness prepare ye the way of the lord it's isaiah 41 i think guys or no maybe verse 3 prepare Ye the way of the Lord. I will make a way in the wilderness. My people got heavy equipment. Hallelujah. We got help from heaven. We got Holy Ghost power. We got the fire of God to get rid of hindrances, to remove roadblocks. Hallelujah. That the king of glory may come in. No place too hard, too barren, that the glory of God can't make a difference, that the river of life can't change the situation. Have you ever noticed that water goes where it wants to go? Water goes where it wants to go. You know, you could be living on a, a creek bank and it's starting, the creek is starting to rise. The water is starting to come up. There's been a lot of rain. And you could tell the kids, oh, it's getting out of, the, it's getting out of its banks now. Go close the windows so the water can't come in and the water continues to rise and it comes on up and it gets in, in your yard and the, you say, now close the door, kids. We don't want the water to get in. But if that creek gets to flood stage, it ain't going to matter if the door is closed or the windows are shut. The water is going to find a way to get in. And it doesn't matter if people have said, well, we're desert people. We like it dry. We like it hot. We like it dry. We don't want any rain. We don't want any water. But this verse says, I will do a new thing. I will make rivers in the desert. Glory to God. Let the rivers flow. We are praying that the river of God would rise. Rise in us. Rise in San Francisco. Rise in California. Rise in our state. What's the source of this river that's in us? I think you all know the answer. What's the source 
of this river, this living water that's in us. Well, let's look over in Revelation chapter 22, verse 1. And he showed me. What kind of a river? A pure river of water of life. And what was it like? It was clear as crystal. It was proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. This is the river that Ezekiel saw. If you'll run your cross-references over in Ezekiel 47, it will take you to this passage. He saw this river of life that flows out of the throne of God. And it wasn't a figment of his imagination. It's really there. And in this river, there's no death. In this river, there's no pollution. In this river, there's no garbage. There's nothing except pure life. Crystal clear. That's the kind of river that flowed into you and me when we got born again. That's the kind of river that's supposed to flow out of us when we pray and release that power in us. So we see that the river has two sources. The water has two sources. The river of God. But I want to just show you something a little bit different. What in this day, I will do a new thing about where that river is going to come from. Do you remember Jesus prophesying? And we won't take time to read that whole chapter, but it's over in Matthew 24. And he's talking about before he comes. And in one of the passages, he said, I believe it's in verse 37. You have to put it up there. I don't know for sure. But it's in Matthew 24. And he said, concerning how things would be before his second coming, that men would be eating and drinking and all of this stuff. But I want you just to look at this phrase. But as the days of Noah were, so also will they be in the coming of the Son of Man. As the days of Noah were. Well, we know that bad things were happening and we can see that similarity, the way lifestyles and all the stuff that people are doing. Thank God for His mercy or we'd all have to go build an ark. I mean, really. But that is talking about the things that were happening bad. But I saw something recently that it's not just Jesus. You know, he, He talked a lot in parables. And he wasn't just talking about how bad things were going to be. But that phrase, as it was in the day of Noah, so shall it be in the day of the coming of the Lord. What happened in the day of Noah? Well, I'm glad that you asked. Genesis chapter 7, verse 11, when the flood came. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day, now look at this part, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up. And, what does that and mean? It's a conjunction. It means there's something else. And the windows of heaven were opened. So the water in the day of Noah, it didn't just come down from heaven, but the fountains, 
down in the earth literally sprung up the fountains of the deep. Now that movie Noah was stupid and don't see it if you haven't seen it. It was awful. But there was one scene in there before the ark began to float and it showed water flowing up, just springing up the fountains of the deep broken up. They got that part right. So before there was this flood in the natural, rain came down from heaven, but water sprung up from the earth. That's what Jesus, I believe, was referring to in the last days should be happening in our prayer lives. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, water should be shooting up from the ground, which represents prayer coming out of God's people. Rivers should be shooting out of God's people into dry places. And that prayer causing those rivers to shoot out of us will cause an and. And when we begin to pray and those rivers flow out of us, then the windows of heaven will also be opened and the rain will fall from above and the water will flow out from us and there shall be a mighty flood. A mighty flood. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and thank Him. Oh, we thank You, Lord. We are living in the time of the flood. Not a destructive flood, but in the day and in the hour of a flood of Your presence. A flood of Your Spirit. Hallelujah. Rivers of living water flowing freely in and through us. Now let's all stand. And I want to give you this illustration. I don't have a picture of it. But as you're standing, I want to just talk to you for a minute about this. We can all remember probably seeing pictures of a flood. Maybe you've watched a show where there was a flood or you've seen a document thing where there was a literal flood. And maybe the water was in the banks of this river. But the more it started to rain, the water starts coming out of the banks. And I want you to picture this with me right now. Just close your eyes and just picture this. This water is coming out of the banks. And let's say there's trees standing on the river banks, and that water comes out with such force that those trees begin to be knocked down and swept into the river. And the river continues to rise, and maybe there's cars parked in a parking lot, and the river continues to rise, and it just begins to sweep those cars into the river. And it continues to rise even further. And all of a sudden, houses are just covered with water. And they're swept away in the river. That's a destructive river. The river of God that He desires to flow in this day and hour. It is not destructive except 
to the kingdom of the enemy. This river on the inside of us, it's pure. It's not all muddy and yucky like flood rivers are. It's pure. It's full of life. But as it begins to flow, it moves things that have been unmovable. Strongholds of the enemy start falling down like trees and are swept into the river. Can you see it? Just see it right here on the inside. People who've had hard hearts are getting swept into the river. Hallelujah. Wherever the river goes, there is life. And the only thing that is destroyed are strongholds of the enemy. And they are coming down in the name of Jesus. For the force of this river on the inside of us, it's stronger and it's greater than any force of the enemy. And the neat thing about what's happening here tonight, that when we pray together, it increases the volume of the water. It's good to pray by yourself and to let the rivers flow out of you, but when you start praying with other like-minded people, the volume of the water increases. And the force... And the power behind it is multiplied. Lift your hands with me.